Welcome, welcome to the itinerary. This is episode 7, so glad you can join us as we head towards the northern lights of Iceland. I'm Jared Schwartz, and I'm joined by my trusty co-host... Melissa Schwartz. That's right, and people have been asking us, Melissa, how they can get in touch, so... We now have a place to do so. So everybody send your questions and comments to the itinerary podcast at gmail.com. That's the itinerary podcast at gmail.com. And as you guys know, we travel a lot. Everyone always asks, where'd you go? How'd you get there? Where'd you stay? What'd you do? So we thought we'd make it easy for you and take you through how we booked our flights, whether it's points, upgrades, or cash. Then we'll go through where we stayed, what we ate, and all the activities that we did on this itinerary. Melissa, what if people want to listen to other episodes of the, of the itinerary? Can they do that? Of course they can. Why don't you tell them about it? I will. If you want to go back and listen to episodes one through six, it's so easy. Just search for the itinerary on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Type in the itinerary, and you have the first six episodes to choose from. Last week, it was Italy. Before that, Mexico, Ireland, Singapore, South Africa, and Argentina. And remember, if you want to get in touch, questions, comments, concerns, just email us. The itinerary podcast at gmail.com. The itinerary podcast at gmail.com. This is episode seven. We are ready to head halfway across the Atlantic to Iceland. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Iceland. It's a Nordic island country in the North Atlantic, population of 350,000 or so, and an area of 40,000 square miles, making it the most sparsely populated country in all of Europe. The capital and largest city, Reykjavik, note the J is silent in there, Reykjavik and the surrounding areas in the southwest of the country are home to over two-thirds of the population. And something to be aware of there is that Iceland is volcanically and geologically active. So, large amount of space... Large amount of population in a small area in the capital city and everything else is spread out. So we're going to tell you how we got there, and it's called Wow Air. <laughs> if you've never heard of Wow Air, which I hadn't before we went on this trip. And you still are married to me. <laughs> yeah, there, there are many good stories behind Wow Air and, you know, a little news and notes as well. So we're going to take you through that. Um, I booked it. Of course you did. <laughs> It's, I, it's Iceland's discount airline. It burst onto the scene back in 2015 and really had a robust fleet of Airbus aircraft. Flew from 13 U.S. airports all to KEF. That's the um, airport code in Iceland in Reykjavik. And connected passengers to 20 additional European destinations. And so that's a lot of flights from a lot of U.S. places. And you can connect in Iceland. And a cheap way to get to many places in Europe, But in the last few months, it really caught up with them. They cut U.S. destinations and reduced the fleet size from 20 down to 11. Almost half of their fleet is gone. They returned leased A330 wide bodies, uh, which they had a few of, and sold four A321s for a cash infusion. Um, they recently laid off 111 employees, and possible deals with 
Icelandic Air fell through, as well as another possible deal and merger with Indigo Partners, and that's led by the owner of discount carrier Frontier, which you've heard of here in the U.S. They're based out of Denver, and the owner of that used to own the almighty Spirit Airlines. So you wonder where WOW Air uh, based their airline off of its good old Spirit. Um, So if you have WOW Air booked, tickets in the next few months. Just be careful about that. Um, they started cutting a lot of U.S. routes. They used to fly from JFK and Newark in New York. Now they only fly from Newark. Um, the California city, San Fran and L.A., no more when they return those A330 wide bodies. Um, there's no service out there. So if you're planning on going to Iceland in the next few months, you have tickets on WOW Air, just call them, just check online, make sure your flight is still good to go. It, it, that may change as uh, this story develops. So uh, for the actual flight, we booked this really purely for the price. Uh, as Melissa mentioned, this was her call. Um, I was a little hesitant from what I previously heard about the airline, and that really stood up as we proceeded on this journey. Um, we booked the extra legroom seats, which were really nowhere to be found on that plane, uh, which was very interesting. They said the aircraft configuration changed, but it was really clear that this was a bait and switch with the airline. Um, when you go online and you book your seats, you see the seating chart. Uh, so they showed one thing and their fleet is really all the same. So there was no way that they could have a different plane, and that's what they claimed to have when we showed up on our day of departure out of New York. So, really, But I got our money back. Of course you did. That was after <laughs> the fact. We still had this journey to go on. I was cramped like a sardine, five and a half hours, which, uh, you know, for an international destination is not bad, but, you know, when you're cramped in there and it's really tight, uh, it's, it's tough. And when you're expecting the extra legroom and, if you paid for it as well and you don't get it, there's not really much we could we could have done because the seats didn't exist. Um, so five and a half hours on the A321, that's a single aisle plane, just like JetBlue has. Um, you know, Delta has them as well. 3-3 three, three on the seat layout, uh, 17 inches of width, which is tiny, and 30 inches of pitch, which is really small. Um, you have to pay for food, drinks, no entertainment or outlets. But we we got there safe and sound, which uh, is the number one priority. It just wasn't really pleasant. Um, The other options from New York City are Iceland Air, which is uh, the main carrier. You could fly on the older 767-300, which is the wide body. And you could go on Delta if you want, uh, a 757-200 at a JFK if you want, like a premium product option. Um, But I looked at flights, and, and I know we booked this for price, Melissa, um, the, the best time price wise to book for flights is four to six weeks out. you know, a lot of people book them in advance and you think you're going to get a better deal, but really the best time to book is four to six weeks out. So I just did, you know, a regular search for four to six weeks out from now. And wow air was basically half the price of Icelandic air and Delta. Um, obviously if you want the premium product, you want the live flat sleep then go ahead and book Delta um, and you can get it. And I also want to make a comment about the four to six weeks out. That is actually one of the most desirable times to go to Reykjavik because that is when we went last year and we were able to see the Northern Lights. Correct. And it's 
if you're going to go to Iceland during the winter, like you want to make that trip to see the lights. And so you really, after like mid-March, don't bother going. Yeah, and we'll get into that more. Um, you know, the main times are August through May, but really in the winter is the best time to see it. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into that more and more. But um, as for the, you know, what were your thoughts on Wow Air once, you know, once we got on and got up in the air? What'd you think? I'm so cheap as long as they got us there. I really don't so care. So you don't care. You don't care at all. Like it doesn't bother you sitting in that kind of seat for five and a half hours with the lack of service um, and everything else that went along with it. So I'm narcoleptic. So I'm sleeping, especially when we took a red eye, which is what we did. And my new thing is, is that if you don't get a lay flat seat, like I just don't care otherwise. Like I either want a lay flat seat and I want to like be in business or I, I'll just take the cheapest economy. That, that's the way I function. Okay. And that's what we did. So cheap prevailed. <laughs> so from the airport, we uh, rented a car. Um, one thing to note, get all-wheel drive if you're going to rent a car there. The weather can turn by the minute, which we saw in one of our drives, sunny to rainy to cloudy to hailing to, sl- to sleet to snow to ice in just a matter of moments. It was, it was wild. Um, so I recommend that. And then w- one of my favorite parts, it's it about a 45-minute drive. We stayed in downtown Reykjavik, so about 45-minute drive from the airport. One of my favorite parts were the street names on the GPS. There, there were a ton of roundabouts. So Every few minutes, whether it's Siri or Alexa, they would come on and say, at the second roundabout, turn on to Farfinugin or Schlitusbo. It's something like that, right? Sorry, I'm laughing because our, our lady, I'm not even going to say her name because she's going to start speaking, just lit up because she heard her name. <laughs> hey, girls have a uh, exactly. good set of ears exactly. there. Um, but yeah, the the Vundabout. Vundabout. The Vundabout. At the second Vundabout, <laughs> turn on to Farfinugan. <laughs> um, yeah, that was fun. Um, so forty-five minute drive or so, uh, you know, straight down a highway, a couple roundabouts there. You get into downtown Reykjavik. Um, this is not a sprawling city. There are not high rises there. It's on the water, which is nice, um, and. We spent three nights there, so this was, um, you know, a long weekend, if you will, the, the quick five-and-a-half-hour flight, kind of the same thing as if you went over to Dublin or so, um, and we really wanted to get a feel for it. There were a couple activities, which we'll talk about, which we wanted to do, and we, we wanted to stay, you know, where the action was happening or at least see what was going on, so we picked the 101 Hotel that's a Marriott property. We booked this with our Marriott Rewards card, which has a ton of benefits. Shout out to my boy Greg out there. Uh, know you're listening. So we wanted to tell you about the Marriott Rewards card benefits and the hotel as well, and Melissa will do that. Yeah, so actually the two nicest hotels in the Reykjavik area are the 101 Hotel, which is in Reykjavik proper, and then there's the Ion Adventure Hotel, both of those are members of the design hotels, which are under the Marriott portfolio. Um, so we wanted to stay in town because Jared doesn't love to drive. And if we would have stayed at the other hotel, that would require a lot of driving once in town. Um, but just, so, just a question. What does the design portfolio mean? 
it's a collection of like boutique hotels. Okay. Um, the hotel we stayed at in um, Ireland, Powers Court, that's part of the autograph collection. Gotcha. Um, so there are various collections within the portfolio. Uh, but the Marriott Rewards card, so we have the Premier card, and that's six times um, the points for every dollar you spend. So, you know, other credit cards, they do two times or three times. Yeah, six is really high. Six is very high. Um, and I mentioned this on the last podcast that they actually code all charges as hotel, even when, like, you drink at the bar or eat dinner in a restaurant. So so that adds up. Exactly. So I paid special attention when we were getting our bill from the Powers Court, which, again, is under the Marriott portfolio. We had that dinner, which was 200 and some odd dollars, and that was still coded as hotel and not dining. So we got the six times for that as well. Um, so, yeah, that is where we stayed. So what were your initial thoughts of the of the hotel? I know you picked this one out, um, you know, the 101. It, it was kind of a boutique yeah, feel it to was, it. Yeah, it was a boutique hotel. Um, I was especially grateful that we rolled up there at 8, 8, 8 a.m. and they gave us a room when they're not guaranteed to do so. until That's always great. Like when you're super tired after, you know, a red-eye flight, uh, that's always great when the room's available. Yeah, so, so they gave us a room, um, which was great. Um, I liked it. I loved the location. You know, once we were in the area of the hotel, everything was in walking distance. So it was exactly what we wanted aside from the excursions that we did, which obviously you're not going to have a glacier in, in the middle of town. So you're not, no, you're not. Oh, I thought they were all over Iceland. <laughs> um, yeah, like you mentioned prime area downtown within walking distance to the port, which has a lot of stuff over there. And then the bars and restaurants too. Um, nightlife is interesting there because you hear a lot of stories about Iceland and Reykjavik and it seems like a bachelor party destination or a bachelorette party destination. Like if you don't want to go to Vegas or New Orleans or something like that, it's, it's somewhere that's close enough to do. Um, and we were wondering why, why it was that way. Why so many people had this high on their list for either that bachelor or bachelorette party. And we had some people on our flight who were doing that very same thing. And like, if you're a night owl, that town is great because the party gets going at two in the morning and the bars are open on the weekends till five in the morning. I remember in the 101 hotel, which is right downtown, like music starting at three 30 in the morning. We're obviously sleeping at that time. And it's just boom, 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 boom. Like, I could see the people fist bumping right now. Fist bumping right now. Um, so, yeah, the town comes alive. Like, we went out, you know, to a couple of the famous bars there, maybe like 9, 10 o'clock yeah, after we, dinner, and it was dead. We, we tried to hang late, late night. It didn't work. No, there was nothing going on. Um, so, but, yeah, I mean, they're trying to cater to these people. Um, you know, there's a couple of clubs there, but mostly they're... I would say it's kind of like Dublin, the bar scene there. It's mostly older dive bars, um, but, you know, everything's walkable, and um, the town is colorful and kind of quirky, I would say, if I had to describe it to somebody. Um, The weather, for the most part, was good. Um, Not too cold. Like, we're talking 40s, probably. 
for the most part. Um, one day uh, when we were driving, as we mentioned, we had a bad storm. But besides that, um, it was it was pretty nice. People describe it as like you need layers, and so I yeah. think I think that that was a good call that we made. You you know you wear a t shirt, a long sleeve shirt, a sweatshirt, then your jacket, and you just take them off, put them on accordingly. Yeah, many layers indeed. So let, let's get into food a little bit. Um, not really known for the restaurant scene, I would say, but there's a couple of standouts that we were looking forward to. Um, you know, I'll just hit you with these and you can talk about what you like, what you didn't like. We can go through some menus. Um, for dinner, dill, which was right across the street from our hotel, literally right across the street. So uh, five steps in one crosswalk and you're there. Um, I think that was the most prestigious you would say uh going into it that we heard the most about yeah it's the only restaurant in um iceland the entire country to ever receive a michelin star and they had some crazy things um on your menu there i remember uh horse was on it uh Uh, chicken skin and grass parsnip and goose with bone marrow reindeer yeah fancy venison (laughs) was rudolph there he was Rudolph in Iceland. Um, yeah, so they're known for, like, new Nordic cuisine. Whatever that means. But um, new... We, we no- just mentioned what it is. Yes, we did. Um, so new Nordic cuisine, farm to table. Um, it's a set menu, seven courses. You can get five if you want. We opted for seven. Uh, $115, I believe, not including drinks. Correct. Um, what what were your thoughts overall? Food, service, atmosphere? It was not my favorite restaurant that we went to. I think, in fact, it was my least. But I will say I really did enjoy the other two places we had dinner at. So Okay, we can talk about that a little. Uh, fish market and grill market, correct? Yeah, so the like the formal naming clature is Markadurin. So it's like fish Markadurin or grill Markadurin. I do remember that a lot. Yeah. I heard a lot of Markadurin going yeah. on. Um, which I kind of think is maybe their word for restaurant. Um, I actually really liked both fish obviously is more fish focused and grill was more meat focused, but I really liked them both. I think fish was my favorite, but I thought they were great. Good value. Um, we did tasting menus at both of those as well. That's really the way they form formulate their dinner menus. Um, can we talk about the hot dog a little bit there? Sure. Like I... You know, you go on trips and you do a little research as much as you can. You try and get, you know, a feel for the place and what people like, what they didn't like, whatever way you want to do that, whether it's talking to people that have been or reviews online or podcasts just like this one. Um, But everywhere I went, I heard about this hot dog in Reykjavik, and this is what they're known for. Um, So we were on a hot dog mission, and what did we find? So the place, I'm going to butcher this name, it's called like... Bajorub's Bezdu. Um, and I wanted to get like all the condiments that are on the hot dog because it's very invasive. There was a lot. Yeah. It's it, it's a lot. And their claim to fame is that Bill Clinton tried it. Tried it. <laughs> not not that he liked it, he tried it. Um, but yeah, so in this hot dog, it has ketchup, sweet mustard, fried onion, raw onion, remoulade, which is a mayonnaise based sauce with sweet relish. Um it was not my fave. Yeah, I didn't think it it stood out. I, I tasted it. I'm like, hmm, okay. 
The line was probably about 20 deep when we went, like, sometime in the afternoon. It was walking distance again uh, by the hotel in the port area. Uh, that was the original. There's there's some copycats out there yeah, as well. Be careful. Yeah. So we went to the original. We stood Only in line. Only go to the one that Bill Clinton ate at. Correct. Um, and it was like, yeah, okay. Better hot dogs in New York by far. But, uh, yeah. you know, we tried it. Or even like a Chicago dog with all that stuff on it with the tomatoes and the pickles and the peppers. Um, I would probably like that better. So, uh, hot dog was a flop, I would say. Um, and then, you know, we talked about, you know, the other places. Oh, uh, there's one other restaurant what's that, that we forgot to mention. So we didn't eat here, but Jamie Oliver, who's a celebrity chef, uh, he opens a restaurant called Jamie's Italian. Your, and your close personal friend. My close personal friend. Sorry, Jamie. Didn't get a chance to eat there when we were there. Um, and it's at, I'm kidding guys. And it's at Hotel Borg. We saw it going up, uh, and it was just about to open when we were there. Um, yeah, good location. Uh, don't sell yourself short. You, you and J- shout out Jamie. Um, <laughs> I know you guys are close, and uh, he likes the podcast as well. So, uh, yeah, that was one other potential place that's hopping now. Um, if you guys want to head over there, um, so that's kind of the food scene in a nutshell. Pretty much, right? Do we miss anything? No. Okay. So, what we did there, um, Iceland is known for nature, activities, excitement, um, and we had a pretty jam-packed schedule. Usually, uh, you know, if we're going away for a long three-day weekend to somewhere, Probably to relax, but this wasn't the place to do it, and I was fine with that. Um, there was a lot on our itinerary there, and uh, you know, we started out kind of with an overview of the city, and this is a name I'll butcher, but I think I'll try it anyways. Hallgrimskurda Church, which is the main big church uh, in the city. Walk a few blocks from the 101 Hotel. Uh, you, we went up in the Bell Tower. Uh, they have an elevator there where you can climb the stairs. And you get that 360 view um, pretty much that a lot of big cities have. Um, just see the sights, see the lay of the land a little bit. You remember doing that? Yes. And so we started out doing that. And then I was super excited for our first night um, because we had a tour to see the Northern Lights, to try and see the Northern Lights because it's not a guarantee. And that's why you always need to do it your first night there because in the event that you don't see it on your first night, they give you a rain check. So keynote, like when booking a tour, do it your first night there. And that's what we did. Um, it's not, again, it's not a guarantee that you're going to see it. Um, so there's a lot of different tours that you could book. Uh, we did kind of a smaller one. Uh, so it was a van, I would say about 20 people or so. Um, that pick you up at your hotel. Um, and then you have to go outside, obviously, of the city center um, to to try and see them. And what you see in pictures is not what you're going to see in real life. Um, but when we went, we, we only went about 20 minutes outside the city. Um, sometimes you go a lot further down the coastline. Um, but our tour guide, who was really good, uh, stopped us there. I 
believe I want to say it was at the president's it house. It was at the president's house. It was at the president. We were I at the White House of Iceland. I wanted to see if you would remember. It was at the president's house. Um, oh, I remember. What, what happens is you normally start there as just like a frame of reference. Like this is where the president lives. But the guy was like, oh, fuck. Like the Northern Lights are out. So we don't actually need to keep traveling. Yeah, let's stop. And if we do travel, we run the risk of like not being able to see them as clearly. One thing I do want to say about what you said is I believe that the lights were like very prominent to, to my eye. It's when you take pictures without a professional camera lens that you can't see it. So when we took pictures on our iPhones, they didn't come out. So we had to wait for the guide to send them to us via email from his professional lens. Yeah, I mean, yeah, every situation is different. Um, we mentioned this previously. You can only see them August to May. Um, if you go during the summer months, you're going to get that midnight sun and it's light till midnight. So there's no chance of seeing it then. Uh, the colder, the darker that it is, the better. Um, and but you also want to think about what your body is comfortable in. And so that's why we went in March because to go in, in January in Iceland, like you're going to be very cold. Yeah. I mean, uh, probably forties during the day when the sun goes down, you know, at four o'clock or whatever it is. Uh, 30s at night, doable. Uh, that was March. Yeah. 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 Um, doable, jacket, hat, gloves. There you go. Um, so you post up at the president's house, <laughs> which we did, and you can only see, as Melissa mentioned, that green color um, that really the northern lights are known for with the right exposure on your camera and backlighting. You have to have the backlight um, to get that. Otherwise, it, it kind of looks like magical clouds in, in a tornado. That's how I would describe it. Like, you see the moving particles in the atmosphere, um, but the color is not that much different than regular clouds. Um, but it still looks awesome. And then when you do take those pictures, um, most people do have professional cameras. As she mentioned, if you don't, um, you know, the guide can help out. He backlight, he backlit one of our iPhone photos, I believe, um, so that green color illuminates. And then also... Um, the guide can take pictures for you and send them uh, to you as well. Um, but it's it's not a given that you're going to see it. We had people on our tour who were on their third and fourth night who hadn't seen them at all and who kept on going and going and going. So we were lucky that we saw it on the first night, and it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, we probably posted up for about three hours or so, I would say, and they came and they went, and they came and, and they went. It was kind of like um, – when we were on safari in, in South Africa, I would say, as the guides were on their radios with each other, and one of them, if they saw something, would call it out to the other one, and you know, peop other vans and other tours would come over to the same spot, and uh, they, they know what's coming. They've seen this so much, so they were like, wait here for 10 minutes, something else is going to come, and then it comes, and it's awesome, and uh, it's, it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. It, okay. it was so cool. Um, yeah, just, just a great thing to do if you're going to Iceland. It, it's a must-see, must-do. Definitely a must. Um, next morning, uh, one of the other standouts of Iceland and Reykjavik and that whole area, the Blue Lagoon. And this is, like, something I messed up on. Um, I booked our reservation too late, so... The Blue Lagoon is on your way from the airport into the center of Reykjavik. So the, the, the good thing to do is right after you get off the plane is to go to the Blue Lagoon. It also kind of helps with jet lag because, like, it's mineral water. Um, but 
there were no availabilities when I tried to do it the morning we got in. Yeah, it's probably a halfway between the airport and downtown. So if, I mean, you see some pictures probably online of the Blue Lagoon, but if people don't know what that actually is, like, why don't you tell them, you know, a little bit about it and, and kind of where it's situated and how, how the whole thing works? Sure. So it is a geothermal spa. Um, they actually just put up two hotels on the space as well. So they have something called The Retreat, which is a modern hotel. And then they have Silica, which is a wellness hotel. And when we were there, they had this like whole face face mask bar in the Blue Lagoon. And all of the masks were from Silica. So I think that it was something that they were working on for some time. So as Jared mentioned, it's... It's cold in Iceland, and so you're in a body of, of water in the winter, um, and it's 99 to 102 degrees Fahrenheit constantly. So it's hot. It was hot, girl. Was, it was pretty cool. It, it was cool um, being outside and it being freezing, and you're in this like warm body of water that's like naturally heated. Um, and it's pretty cool. I was doing some reading on this to give you guys some fun facts. And I love fun facts. They have they operate a research facility to find cures for skin ailments using mineral water, um, in in which is the Blue Lagoon. So like think of psoriasis and things like that. Um, so it's it's doing good for the world. Um, I actually got an underwater massage when uh, we were. Oh there. yeah, you went to this like separate area I by you, yourself. I offered you one and you said no, thank you. But it was one of the coolest things I've ever done. Like. Someone is massaging you while you're floating. I kind of felt like a princess. <laughs> Icelandic Nordic princess. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. Yeah, you were getting your massage. Um, I was in a separate area, like, putting on a mask, <laughs> uh, floating around in this 100-degree water um, in an active volcano. Uh, pretty crazy. Um, like, you buy a ticket, and that's your, you know, your entrance fee, and then... You can buy other things like add-ons as well, as Melissa mentioned, the massage. Um, they have a restaurant there, whatever. Um, and when you get your entrance fee, you're given slippers and a bathrobe. And then you, you know, go outside in it, and they have hooks that you can put it on. Um, and then various entry points um, that you can get in the lagoon on. And now, you know, they have these hotels, which she mentioned uh, right there, that were going up when we were there. So we saw them. And, uh, yeah, pretty cool spot. There's nothing else around it. It's literally in the volcano field um, and a definite, you know, must-do as well. Um, the next day, another thing I was looking forward to, like, we picked these activities, obviously, so it was stuff we wanted to do. Melissa's going to mention some other stuff, um, you know, after other activities that you could do as well. But snowmobiling, I had never done it before. I was super pumped uh, to go and you have a choice. Uh, you can drive yourself, which we did cause we had the car or they can pick you up at the hotel. Obviously it's a lot more money, um, to do that. So in our car, um, you want to do this in daylight. Uh, there's no lights on the roads and you go through the golden circle, um, which is an area in a, um, in a park that a national park that you drive through and, I would say it's about a two-hour drive or so from downtown to basically this rest stop. And that's where the tour picks you up. But along the way, you drive through the Golden Circle, um, really a scenic 
drive. Um, and along that path, before you get to the rest stop, uh, you come across Geyser, the original Geyser. And it's a Geyser Park. Um, and so we stopped probably about 15 minutes uh, away from the rest stop. And we got out and we walked around free to enter. Um, and it was the original geyser that was there. So it's referred to as the Great Geyser. So I'm going to throw a name out and call it the Gog, the greatest of all geysers. The Gog? The Gog. Just make that up on the spot? <laughs> I did. Who is this Gog <laughs> you speak of? Um, well, this Gog I speak of is a squirter, and it can hurl bo- boiling water up to 230 feet in the air. <laughs> Smells like raw eggs. That's what I remember. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was disgusting. Oh, uh, yeah, um, they're, they're actually an active, uh, they're a- obviously active geysers, but um, they have hot spring eruptions, and it happens every few minutes there. Um, so, you know, we checked out a few eruptions and, uh, and went along our way. And at the rest stop, there's also waterfalls right there, um, right behind it. So um, another scenic spot just to get some pictures and check it out as well. So um, once you're at this rest stop, you get probably something to eat, you hang out, and then uh, all the tours leave out of that area. So yeah, so we did mountaineers. Even if you don't do mountaineers, like all the tours, as Jared mentioned, meet in that area. The rest stop food is disgusting. So we had brought sandwiches, um, which I ate. Jared needed some um, munchies for the car, so he had already had his. But I would definitely recommend bringing food because uh, that stuff looked disgusting. So you get in a monster truck. This is the vehicle that you're going to go to the glacier with because obviously uh, a four-door sedan is not going to do to get up to a glacier. Uh, so you go in a monster truck. It's about another hour or so. So you're, now you're at three hours of drive time. Um, this is off-roading to get to the glacier. This is bumpy. Uh, this is not for the weak stomach. Uh, but once you get there, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, I would say 30 people or so in your group, uh, they give you a little instruction, you suit up in the snowmobiling gear, and then you're on your way. And what I found that I didn't know before, it's actually kind of dangerous. Um, you know, you get a little tutorial on how to drive this thing. Um, it's over different terrains. Some is terrain, excuse me. Some is flat. Some is mountainous. Um, some of the ice is thick, some of it is thin, but I fell over once, um, and I was lucky because I didn't get hurt, um, but it's kind of scary, you know, when you flip on that thing, first time driving it, uh, luckily you're in a straight line, so people swerve around you and then alert the guide, they stop, everybody stops, they come back to you. One girl wasn't as lucky, she actually flipped and broke her arm, uh, I don't know if you remember that, but, um... Super serious situation, and they had to call rescue and, and get her off and get her down, um, but definitely dangerous, but besides that, it's awesome. Uh, I had so much fun on it. The views are outstanding. Like You're in the middle of this glacier, and all you can see is white for days, um, and just totally worth it and an epic uh, experience to have there, um, so you know, did that, you probably ride for an hour or so, hour in the monster truck, back to your rental car, two hours back. It's a whole day thing. Uh, so you need the whole day to do this. And we, you know, that's what we did. Grab some dinner at night, went to sleep. That was, that was really it. So 
some of the things, you know, that we didn't do that people can do in Iceland. Yeah, so there's dog sledding, um, which we were a little off-season for that. Um, glacier hikes, which is a little bit more adventurous than we like to go, but it's a very popular thing. Um, and then there's something called Viking Horses, and so it's this female-run company. Um, I think it's only one woman. And so you go horseback riding, and then it's like this, like, thoroughly Icelandic experience where she invites you to her home for lunch after. Um, but they don't start doing that until April and we were there in March. So. And that was pretty much, uh, the three days, three nights there. Um, a quick long weekend. I would definitely, you know, suggest it to anyone. We flew back, um, again, unfortunately on wow air got here safe and sound but it wasn't a great experience i'll tell you that um same problems with the seats on the way back paid for uh the extra leg room didn't get it we had a three-hour delay there as well um so one and done with wow air um but that's okay you you know you live and you learn um overall let me get your thoughts um i you're not one and done with me right no just (laughs) wow air um so overall, I loved it, thought so many cool things to see and do that you can't get anywhere else, convenient to get to from the East Coast to the U.S., great for a long weekend. I don't think you need more than three days, maybe if you want to do more activities, uh, four, but uh, I think three was a good amount. Pick and choose what you like to do. Highly recommend it. Go during the right time, um, and you'll love it. What were your thoughts? I absolutely loved it. Um, It far exceeded my expectations. I thought it was super easy to get to. And affordable. So many cool things to do. Um, In regards to affordable, though, I will say I thought it was expensive once you were there. Uh, Liquor is especially expensive, so I would definitely recommend at the airport when you land in Iceland, we stocked up on some wine and booze for you. Uh, Which which you you really have to do at most... Uh, international destinations like they're gonna hit you on the liquor um so that's a big suggestion like any airport you're in get that duty-free liquor stock up um and then you'll be good to go um but you know overall you liked it you would recommend it loved it i always i always recommend iceland to people and a lot of people have asked us they they wanted us to do this specific podcast because they're interested in going they wanted to hear our thoughts Um, and hopefully you enjoyed it. So thanks for joining us on the itinerary. This has been Episode 7, Iceland. Uh, Remember, you can always listen to previous episodes. All you have to do is subscribe on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. We're on iTunes, people. And uh, for your Android users out there, previous episodes on Spotify and Google Podcasts um, as well include Argentina, South Africa, Singapore, Ireland, Italy, and now Iceland that you're listening to. Uh, questions, comments, concerns, get in touch with us. The email address is the itinerary podcast at gmail.com. That's the itinerary podcast at gmail.com. A lot of you have been hitting us up on other avenues, asking us questions and, and going just like hitting us with different stuff. So this is the one place, uh, that will be able to get back to you. If you want to ask us questions, we can answer it. Um, in upcoming episodes as well. That's the itinerary podcast 
at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, which is Iceland, obviously, rate, review, subscribe, rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend. Tell a friend. Oh, and should we have people vote on what our next episode should be? I mean, they can always write in, uh, you know, with their suggestions. So we're okay, not gonna, gonna we're give, not gonna give it away. I know. I'm gonna give them three choices. Okay. Do you want Greece, Bora Bora, or New Zealand? And we did both islands in New Zealand, north and south. So Greece, Bora Bora, or New Zealand? We also have a big trip coming up to Switzerland, which will obviously get to in a couple episodes. But uh, for now, okay, Greece, Bora Bora. Or New Zealand. Okay, people, vote on it. All you have to do is send us an email at the itinerary podcast at gmail.com. What is it, Melissa? The itinerary podcast at gmail.com. And that will be next week's episode. So that's all we got for uh, this episode, Iceland. Hope you enjoyed it. Once again, I'm Jared Schwartz. I'm Melissa Schwartz. See ya. Bye. 